Welcome to the Spark Pulse Podcast, hosted by Dr. Mawafa Hausa, where you can find the latest news on digital health, artificial intelligence, the future of healthcare, and more. Let's get right into today's scoop. I'd like to move uh, now to uh, a new postdoc, uh, Dr. Arfan Ahmad, who is a wonderful and great and upcoming scholar uh, who Dr. Alaa mentioned is he's actually leading the NPRP uh, with uh, the building the mental health chatbot. And he will tell and he's a software engineer that's built AI algorithms that has a lot of technical experience in healthcare. And guess what? The last thing that he's doing, he's been here six months, is the building the algorithm. You know, it's been mostly about you know, he'll tell you, I don't even tell you, but it, it's, you know, um, uh, again, please do not fear AI. AI is not some kind of, even AI experts don't even know what AI, and Dr. Yen said that about the black box. So don't fear it, uh, embrace it, get the support. We're here to support you. We're here talking about applied AI. We're bringing the key experts here from the college. We have great people that have knowledge, like uh, Dr. Afan, Dr. Ala, Yens, Tanvir, Dr. Shah, and many, many other students here as well uh, in the class. So, and Dr. Arfan has a computer science uh, background and he, you know, he applied software algorithms to predict chemotherapy response to breast cancer. He worked in renowned uh, places like Imperial College, which is one of the best institutions in the world and the University of uh, Birmingham. And he worked at decision support systems in the collaboration with the National Health Service. He is right now working on developing AI-driven chatbot for anxiety and depressions here at HBKU. He's been working, uh, he's been here for six months. He's, mashallah, in the last, uh, I think he's uh, almost, he's uh, got, you know, four or five publications that he submitted and he's waiting to get the feedback and hopefully publish them. He's doing a great job. He's an upcoming star in the field and we'd love to hear more about the work that you're doing. Uh, uh, and especially uh, when it comes to, you know, AI, machine learning and deep learning, doctor, can you tell us, you know, some of the students, you know, we never talked about that. And, you know, you're a software engineer, you know, this work, you've done it. What's the difference between these three areas? A lot of people talk AI is machine learning, machine learning is AI or deep learning. And these, these uh, terms interchangeably from your exp experience and your work that you're doing now, can you just give, give us a brief background? What's going on here? Bismillah, assalamu alaikum everyone, and jazakallah khaira for your introduction and for invitation um, uh, and your kind words. Uh, so, um, yes, so from software background and some of these <coughs> terminologies and uh, big words and uh, kind of buzzwords can be uh, daunting and uh, especially when you like for the students going to like job interviews or and uh, you're from a software background and they expect you to know what deep learning is, machine learning is, and you can't ever have uh, like a general knowledge a deep knowledge of all of these uh, subjects um, and sometimes it can be daunting when somebody's asking you a conference or a interview stage you know have you ever had experience of deep learning it's good to know like the differences between them and in a nutshell um, artificial intelligence is basically how we make machines or um, how we make machines smarter so artificial intelligence is human intelligence exhibited by machines um, and, and it basically covers this whole overarching uh, discipline uh, related to this uh, smart machines. Machine learning, on the other hand, 
is an approach to achieve artificial intelligence. So it comes under the umbrella of artificial intelligence. So machine learning is commonly used alongside um, AI, but they are not the same thing. Machine learning is a subset of AI, and it refers to systems that can learn by themselves. Machine learning refers to an AI system that can self-learn based on an algorithm, and the systems can get smarter and smarter over time without human intervention. And that's the key. So you give it data, and based on that data that you've given it, it can get smarter and smarter and learn itself. Deep learning, on the other hand, um, as the name suggests, it goes, it's, it's a bit more complex, but again, in a nutshell, it's a technique for implementing machine learning. So deep learning is a, mach is, uh, a machine learning applied to large data sets. Uh, and most uh, artificial intelligence work involves machine learning because intelligent behavior requires considerable knowledge. Um, so that's kind of a quick uh, summary. So AI, making the machine smarter, machine learning, is kind of a subset of AI where the how give the machines the ability to learn for themselves and deep learning is a lot more involved in uh, bigger uh, amounts of data and uh, almost like an advanced version I guess uh, maybe of machine learning and if if somebody was going to challenge you they'll say no machine learning is AI and deep learning is people you know they use these terms all the time I remember oh AI is machine learning or another person machine learning is AI and you know and so forth so uh is there why is there this um uh, this you know discrepancy or you know i don't this clear uh description or definitions and it depends where you talk to they'll give you you know they'll use these terms interchangeably in my opinion because this field is still fairly new um and uh, people that talk about uh, these topic matters unless they're like um, experts like, uh, mashallah, we have um, Professor uh, Zubair. Uh, unless they're experts in this field on a technical level, as well as uh, knowing general knowledge about these uh, fields, uh, the, the, it's very easy to get these terminologies confused. And in a way, sometimes it doesn't matter if we're just having a general discussion um, about how, like, for example, the healthcare system is uh, evolving, and we just talk about it as artificial intelligence, then it's, I think it's fine. But when we're getting more technical and developing algorithms, what algorithm are we going to use? Are we going to use machine learning? Do we need to think about deep learning? I think that's when we need to get more um, uh, explicit about the uh, terminologies and understand what each one means. Excellent. That's a great, great uh, uh, description, Doctor. You know. I've been reading lots about um, healthcare professionals. I remember even a few years ago doing a talk and talking about IBM Watson and how uh, you know it's it it can make decisions or diagnostics better almost and predictions better than doctors and people. And I had mainly physicians in my class, and they were like, "So is this going to replace us? Is this going to take away our jobs?" And they were actually frightened. And I know because I was showing them videos, we're having discussions just to discuss just to kind of open their mind to this uh, uh, idea and there's almost two schools of thought on this particular issue is that AI will replace uh, doctors and doctors role is going to be more of you know like a facilitator of information uh, uh, meaning uh, it will sorry not replace it will augment the doctors so they don't have to worry about the diagnostic the machine will give them the uh, uh, the information that they need that can relate to the uh, patients, and this this way it helps them. It augments their work. Whereas other people, other you know, uh, in for example, radiologists say, you know what, we don't need radiologists anymore because 
the algorithm is going to make better prediction diagnostics better than any radiologist anywhere in the world. And we have these two, these schisms, these tools of thought. What do you think uh, um, uh, from you? Is it going to replace healthcare professionals? Is it going to augment and help them? Or is it going to replace some and, and keep some? I don't know. I really don't know. I'm asking you this question. What could you tell us about that? So I think this is um, this is something that's been uh, kind of uh, out there, this question for a long time. Even when I was, I just started my first year of my PhD when I was um, writing kind of existing algorithms, putting them into software, applying them and um, predicting chemotherapy response. And funnily, you mentioned radiologists. They were the ones that were kind of worried in, in our like presentations. They're the ones that asked these kind of questions and had this worried look on their face. And at that time, my... Um, Professor, stroke supervisor, used to always emphasize the fact, and I kind of just followed his lead, that the, the answer would be no, don't worry, your job's not at, at risk. But to be honest, if you put it bluntly, and be, like if I'm being honest, then um, in some cases, the answer to this is clearly yes. You can't, we can't deny this. Um, for example, in AI-controlled robots in surgical procedures, the AI itself, the artificial intelligence, reduces the complications and errors that can occur during surgery and then also helps to make hospital stays shorter. It makes things more efficient. It takes away kind of uh, the mundane tasks uh, that like uh, that otherwise um, are prone to kind of error. Uh, other areas such as health monitoring, uh, virtual nurses, prediction of disease. And to be honest, uh, to put it like straight, it's, it's a good thing, right? It's a good thing. But there are other areas where it is clearly not competing, although Initially, um, to the professionals involved, um, it may seem that way. And I'll use our chatbot example, which um, Dr. Ala mentioned earlier as well, um, which we are developing in the department. Now we're looking at mental health. Uh, um, we're looking at mental health issues, people suffering, for example, from their, uh, anxiety and depression. Now reports suggest in research that um, developed countries have only about nine psychiatrists per 100,000 people, whilst low-income countries have as little as 0.1 for every million people, right? So if we, ha if we can put some sort of app or system in place, which when uh, we are like kind of increasing the capacity of this mental health care, so we're reaching people that would otherwise struggle or have no access to this care. And there's two reasons for this. There's two reasons um, uh, we are increasing this capacity. One, because of demand, and one, the other, because of supply. The demand side, not everyone seeks this help, but via the app, it will increase due to it being anonymous and available 24-7. So the stigma attached to uh, going to a psychiatrist, going to a health professional. So this app would uh, meet that demand where everybody, uh, where sorry, where not everybody would go and seek that help due to stigma and other reasons. Then the supply, there's very, like I mentioned the stats earlier, there's very few that people that need the help will actually receive it due to the lack of professionals. So we can use AI and technology to fill in these gaps and overall the capacity will increase due to like, for example, our app being available on demand. Therefore, in this scenario, the professionals are not being kind of wiped out or taken over. They are being assisted as opposed to being competed with. A very interesting uh, 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 concept uh, about the, we're not competing, but we're, uh, we're almost augmenting or helping. And you talked about, you know, radiologists and their fears and, and you know what, uh, psychiatrists and psychiatry, there's, you know, a lot of uh, demand. There's not enough psychiatrists to go around or support to give within the community, especially post-COVID. So my question, your work in your chatbot that you're doing for mental health, 
why would I trust it? Why would I use it? Why would I even, you know, you know, even though I'm on that project, I'm thinking, and I'm sure a lot of people have these thoughts. Well, I just, you know, why, why would I use it? How can it benefit me? Um, tell me more about that. I don't know. I, it's just, why could I trust it? A computer talking to me, a chatbot. Why would I use that? I just rather talk to someone. I think um, maybe not specific to the chatbot, but for AI in healthcare in, in general. And AI anywhere in any industry, I think it reduces, like I mentioned earlier, it reduces the complications and the errors that can occur, for example, during surgery. It makes the hospital stay shorter and it makes things more efficient. It get rid, gets rid of the, the mundane tasks or the routine tasks, which we as humans, um, we are prone to making mistakes on if we are continuously doing the same task day in, day out. These kind of tasks, um, the AI will actually can do it better than human because uh, an AI system, a computer system cannot like go to sleep, will not get bored. Um, so I think there's certain um, elements or there's certain kind of areas of uh, healthcare that uh, certainly um, we can probably trust AI more than we can trust humans. And we can, yeah. and then in the, and following on from that, this is where then the healthcare professionals, I think um, Dr. Uh, I think Professor Schneider mentioned, uh, they, they actually can then concentrate on the more important tasks that are not mundane, that are not routine. Um, thank you. Uh, you know, they, I think what you've said is, you know, I think some healthcare professionals might not like that, you know, and say no or feel threatened or challenged. And I guess, you know, we'll find out, you know, as we move in time and more this post-COVID world where AI is taking over and it will be, you know, more, I think, more accepted, uh, given people are going virtual, people are more accepting technology, I think it's just the way uh, things will move forward. Um, you know, I have a question to ask you, uh, doctor, and, you know, you finished your PhD recently and you're in postdoc and, you know, um, what advice do you have for professionals, for healthcare professionals and students? that want to keep updated, you know, every day I'm reading on LinkedIn, there's so much stuff out there on AI, AI, AI. It's just like, whoa, there's too much information. Should we focus? Should we understand everything? What's your advice on that? Like, how did you do it? And what was, how did you end up doing it and learning? And, and how do you continue to learn on this topic? So I think the, I think it goes back to kind of when I said the radiologists had their fears, um, the ones that were not fearful and, actually um, contributing towards literature were the ones that were getting involved in the current research, were going to conferences, were uh, presenting work, were getting uh, involved with the students and helping them understand the medical aspects, but at the same time learning the technical aspects of it as well. And uh, these were the guys that were kind of um, uh, content almost and moving forward, getting on with their roles as medical professionals, but also contributing and helping the the technical guys and getting involved in uh, research. So my advice would be, and uh, which I've kind of, uh, mashallah, uh, with the help of uh, and the push from Dr. Muafak uh, and the confidence that he's given me and from Dr. Allah is to public, to pub make more publications and get uh, involved in more publications. And by doing this, we automatically, for example, we're doing a systematic review or a scoping review. Uh, by the very nature, we we more into that topic, even if we've never heard of that topic before. And by doing so, then we learn a lot about that field. We sometimes end up knowing more recent uh, um, 
technologies or what the latest research in that field is than somebody who's been maybe doing it for the last five, six years, but then kind of diverted their career. So read more, go do more publications, get, students should get involved, like our students are, mashallah, we have uh, amazing students uh, helping out, uh, Sara, Asma, uh, Nashfa, who's a uh, research uh, um, assistant. We have Uzay, who's from a technical background. All of these are getting involved uh, in research publications on a level that I never did when I was uh, doing my PhD even. And, and I think the, it's helping them. And on top of that, it's giving them the motivation to study further because then they're getting names in papers, in leading journals, even before they've completed their masters and PhDs. Um, and also with, with technical stuff, there's always amazing competitions going on with big players like IBM, uh, Microsoft, and they give these like big awards at the end for a person who can create certain algorithms. So it's really good to uh, get involved in these kind of um, initiatives, I think. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Doctor. I really appreciate the uh, feedback and uh, especially the advice uh, for the students. And, you know, uh, we've had some master's students publish in the top journals in the field, which took me maybe three years to publish in that. My students at the master's level and the PhD are publishing in these top journals with the group, not just me, with the whole group, with the entire group. And I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of of the accomplishments that we've made uh, as a group working together. And that's, you know, I can never do this alone without the team that I have that support, that are loyal, that are doing an amazing job. Uh, uh, so, and if you ever want to join, if you want to work and you're interested, just always let us know. We always, we're, you know, mashallah, we can't keep, keep up with the amount of work. So you're always welcome to join us. You're always welcome to learn. Just send us an email. We'll test you out. If you're good, you continue. If you're not, just find somewhere else to go. That's our process pretty much. And uh, my, the, you know, Dr. Arfan and Dr. Ala have been doing a fantastic job. And the students on our team are doing a, uh, excellent. Like Ozeir right now, he's on the team working uh, part-time. We have Sara, we have Asma. We have, you know, a lot of students that want, you know, doctor, I want some experience. They contacted me. We're not paying much, but we're paying a little bit. You know, they're getting experience, they're getting publication, and, and they're doing the best that they can. Uh, Dr. Arfan, last time, when are we going to see your chatbot, uh, the pilot of that? When do you expect? Inshallah, um, we're looking at uh, March for our first prototype. Inshallah, um, looking forward to that. <laughs>